Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice, and Chris Bartlett is not here this week because we have a special guest and we wanted him to come, even if Chris couldn't make it. So you, those of you who love Chris and you know kind of put up with me, you're just going to have to deal with it this week. We have worked in ministry. Bart, how long have you worked in ministry? Oh boy, I don't know, 30 years. Okay, so you, you've worked in ministry more than Chris and I combined. Um, and as, as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. As always, thanks to Alob for our intro music. Um, we love Alob. Go check him out. Just search Alob, Andrew Laubacher, if for some reason that doesn't work. So my guest this week is Bart Schutz. I almost said your brother's name, dude. How many times does that happen? <laughs> it, happens. it happens all the time. All right. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So I, I am Bart and uh, Bart Schutz. I uh, live in Tallahassee, work for the JP2 Healing Center. Uh, married. My wife, Brooke. We've been married 23 years and we have four kids, three girls, boy. And uh, like I said, on and off ministry for 30 years, done various and sundry things from regular jobs to ministry to ministry and job. Uh, now getting to travel and and do conferences and events with the JP2 Healing Center. Awesome. And what if you had to like boil your passion down, just a, a simple description, what would you say your passion is in your serving the church? Well, that's a great question. If I can narrow it down to one, well, I have to say two. It's okay. to bring the church into the fullness of her 2,000-year history and for us all to know of the goodness and the love of the Father, to encounter the Father's love. Amen. Amen. And what, what are the ways that you do that? Because I know you yeah. have multiple conferences. So how do you live that out? So in the various conferences, mainly in my day-to-day -day life also, but yeah, the different events that we have, uh, you know, the healing little person um, that we do on the road most often, and then day of equipping, which is sometimes a one day, sometimes a two day. Uh, we do priest events. We do about five of those a year. We do men's event. We have a couple of local events we do here in Tallahassee. We do a prayer ministry training event. So in all of those, that pretty much is the backbone of what I bring. That's great. And for those of you who have not participated or seen anything of what the JP2 Healing Center is doing, treat yourself. Get out there and go. Because there, I've been to a lot of conferences, a lot of workshops, and... I was reflecting on this with, I think with your brother, Bob, while y'all were here this past week. And one of the things that I, I just see that's different from this conference is a lot of conference you go to, you learn things that you want to implement, and then you go home and you may or may not implement them. Mm -hmm. But there's something about this conference is on the conference, you are actually transformed. So you're not trying mm -hmm. to do something later. You're doing something there. All right, man, good point. You know, and that's mm -hmm. what I, I really, I really love about y'all's conferences. So yeah. Um, what's the website real quick before we even dive into the topic? It's JP2, that's I-I, a small I, JP2, healingcenter.org. Perfect. So you guys go check it out. This week, one of the things that uh, <laughs> I, was on my heart to talk about is I think a lot of ministry leaders have frustrations around kind of confirmation. You know, what is it? You know, what are we doing? There's even struggles with whether it should be this carrot that we dangle out there or whether we should confirm them as soon as possible so they have all the graces. And, and so there's confusions on that side of it. But then there's also confusion on the effects, you know, of confirmation because we don't see, many of us don't see what we think we should see when mm -hmm. confirmation happens. And it doesn't have the effects. So this is obviously going to dive into conversation around the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
what does he do in our life? How is he active? So I have a, a question for Bart to start off with is, are you a traditionalist or are you a charismatic? Ah, you're, you're setting me up, man. I am. I know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that question. I actually had a priest say that, a conservative priest say that to me at one of our priest events in the afternoon. He, he actually asked, he said, so Bart, what do you say to people that ask if your ministry is charismatic? And I went back and forth and I said, Father, what do you think? And then I went back. But I remember an occasion with Bob at a seminary and there was a debate going on among the seminarians. A portion of them were tradies, traditionalists. A portion of them were charismatics. And they went back and forth, somewhat friendly banter, but you could tell it wasn't always friendly. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a lot of tension on both sides of that. And in the midst of it, they then asked Bob, they said, Bob, what are you? And uh, I was so glad they didn't ask me. <laughs> I don't know what I was said. So now I have an answer. But they said, um, Bob said, you know, guys, that's ridiculous. We're not divided. Amen. As Catholics, we're universal. We're yep. whole. We're not divided in this camp or that camp. We're whole. And as Catholics, we believe in the full traditions of the church, the 2,000-year history of the church, all the sacraments, the liturgy, everything that's beautiful about the traditions of the church. And we also believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened Amen. in the day of Pentecost. And that's what it means to be Catholic. So when yeah. I share my passion of bringing the church into the fullness of our 2,000-year history, it's not leaving any of that out. Yep. It's, it's all of it. It's, it's, it's the traditions, the liturgy, the sacraments, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened in the day of Pentecost. Amen. So I, I absolutely set you up because I, I've, I've been to two of your day of equippings, and I just love the way that you respond to that. And I, I hate how us as humans have even allowed the, the Holy Spirit to become a divider. I mean, oh, how yeah. messed up is that? You know, that's, that, that's humans. Like, yeah. there's no way the Holy Spirit is dividing his church. No. That just shows. And some, and some, and some of it is the way it's been represented. You know, true. In true fairness. You know, there's been some weirdness. And, yeah. and so a lot of people are like, that. Ah, that's not God. And, and probably isn't. But yeah. yet we can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. The Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. What that's people right. do, that's what people do. But the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. <laughs> Amen. And I think one of the reasons why you start off the whole conference with this question is because there's hesitance out there. Yes. Because of the past, the way that it's been shown in the past. Yes. And so you do that to, to tear that down in a way. Yes. And open people back up to it. Exactly. That's right, Matt. Because I've, I've had you know, a couple of times I've invited people to a retreat and they're like, we're not going to be singing and waving our hands around, are we? Exactly. Like, no, <laughs> no but maybe, time. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So we're talking about confirmation. When you, when you think about it, what, what do you think? And I, I don't I hesitate to use the word should, you know, but mm -hmm. what should confirmation look like? What should we expect, you know, yeah. at confirmation? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, this whole process, this whole journey for me, is I didn't realize what I received. You know, I grew up Catholic. I didn't know what I really received in my baptism. I didn't know what I received in my confirmation. You know? Same here. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a large percentage, unfortunately. And as I, as I go around and I ask whether it's 50 or 500 people, you know, what was your experience? How many of you had an experience like the catechism? I mean, like, yeah, like the catechism describes. How many of you had an experience like that with confirmation? Three to five people, typically. Yeah. raise their hand in a room of 500 people that's, it's and like, that's crazy it's crazy we haven't really experienced what god intended for us to experience so you know in my journey i experienced a lot of things outside the catholic church 
Yep. And so when God called me back into the Catholic Church five years ago, I was like, I can't kick in a scream and be honest because I'm like, man, I'm experiencing some really cool things out here. <laughs> yeah. And but I've I seen what's have, in there. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I didn't have, uh, you know, I walked away from the sacraments, the traditions. I walked away from the covering that the church provides us, you know. The, yep. Uh, so uh, God was calling me back and, and in it speaking to me about a lot of things. But I was like, gosh, I don't want to give up all that stuff. Yeah. And so I started looking in the catechism and going, some of these experiences I had, where is this in the teachings of the church? And in that came across a lot of things related to confirmation and, and answering yeah. your question. And if anyone's listening, wants to take notes, it's, uh, you can look at 1286, 1287, 1288, and 1302 of the catechism. It spells it out. I mean, it's very clear in there, but it basically describes what, ca- what confirmation is supposed to be. Yeah. Why don't you, you know, dive into that? Like, you have you have a, a like part of it that you make sure you want to you want to say what is that yeah yeah so i mean the, the summary in it i pulled up on my phone here this is in 1302 of the of the catechism this is what it actually says about confirmation it says it is evident from its celebration that the effect of the sacrament of confirmation is the special outpouring of the holy spirit as once granted to the apostles on the day of pentecost that's what our church says confirmation is. Yeah. Same outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened at Pentecost. So I asked, how many of you, that was your experience? Yeah, how many of you was it evident? Yeah. yeah, evident. Evident. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I tell that funny story about one particular priest who laughs when he reads that. He's like, at first he was angry. He's angry because that's not my experience in my church. Yep. And then later he laughed because he had an, he had an experience. And, and then he laughs, and, and he laughed in front of his peer priest the next year when he came back. And uh, he said, okay, tell him, Father, why you're laughing. He says, because now it's evident. Yeah, and he wrote me and says, I'm changing the curriculum yeah. of, of our confirmation so that now it's evident that it's the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe the reason why a large percentage of Catholics are leaving, what does it say, 79% of Catholics leave by the time they're 24 yep. who've been confirmed. Yep. I believe it's because we're not practicing what confirmation is. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, um, the story that comes to mind just in my personal life, I had a running partner three or four years ago, back when I used to exercise, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I found out while we were running that he had never been confirmed. Like he, when he was a youth, you know, he went through the whole process, but athletics, you know, kept him from yeah. making a few classes, and so they said, well, you can't get confirmed. Yeah. And so, so then he didn't get confirmed, I was like, What? You know, wow. so he, he and I prayed together, like right after I found out, we, we prayed together. And then I asked him, I said, hey, can I be your confirmation sponsor? Can you be confirmed this year? And so cool. we did that and went through all of that. And then we were going to the, I guess it was RCIA for adults, you know, in at the diocese. And I, I went expectantly, you know, expecting something amazing yes. to happen, expecting to see the Holy Spirit, because... I, that was the, probably one of the first times I've been to an adult confirmation. And it was just lackluster. It uh, was routine. It was the same uh, old, same old. And I, I found myself, you know, I'm just being brutally honest here, being disappointed in the Holy yeah. Spirit. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like there's wow. something wrong here, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you can't yeah. be disappointed in the Holy Spirit. There's something else that you need <laughs> to be disappointed in. You know? Yes. yes. So, so why don't we see it? Yeah. That's 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 a great question, and I think there's probably a number of reasons. I'm looking up another thing on my phone as you're as you're describing that. One, I think 
Well, you know, it's been very interesting since being back and doing several events with different priests and some elderly priests. And, and I remember one particular priest, he was in seminary in the crossover from Vatican I to Vatican II. Yep. And he was describing what seminary was like for him and for all of his peers. He said it was extremely confusing. The teachers were confused. The priests yeah. were confused. The church was confused. And so they would say things like, well, you know, we know in Genesis, it talks about Adam and Eve and what happened here, but we don't know if that's really true or not true. Mm. You know, they would describe scripture from that posture. Wow. We don't really know if it's true or not true. He says, so then what was put in them was this constant doubt wow. and unbelief. Of like, we don't know what's real and what's not real, what's true, what's not true. And so they just kind of went to the things that are safe. And so then he becomes a priest. And now he's been a priest. He's a Monsignor. He's been a priest for however many years that is. He's been disgruntled. In fact, he went through a tremendous healing in the week that we were with him. Uh, just amazing healing, healing he's never experienced in his life. And it totally changed him. But, you know, I took that and I put that into my, into my own processing of why. I think the more priests I talk to, the, the, the problem is in the formation. Yeah. You know, we can't give what we don't have. Yep. Right? So if we're not experiencing what the early church experienced, if they're not experiencing what the early church experienced, then they can't pass it on. So I think we just going through motions. Yep. And I, this is what I wanted to read. This is, I found this, I was heading down to South Florida to go to an event and I was just praying and saying, Father, is there anything particular that you want to put on my heart going into this for these people? Yeah. And the word superstition popped into my head. I was like, oh, well, I grew up in South Florida. I get it. There's some superstition <laughs> down there. You know, and I'm like, well, I wonder if there's anything in the catechism. So I look it up, the word, just put the word in the search. Mm -hmm. This is what I came with. So this is the other answer. I think this is 2111 of the catechism it says superstition is the deviation, the moving away from it's the deviation of religious feeling. Mm. And the practices this feeling imposes. So think about what you were just describing, what was yep. missing. Yep. There was a, there was a certain feeling that you knew yep. in encountering God's presence. It comes with a feeling, you know, a lot of people are like, it's not about feelings. It's, well, it's not about feelings, but feelings matter. Yes. <laughs> yes, know? they do. They matter. So it's, it's superstition is the deviation of religious feeling and of the practices this feeling imposes. It can even affect the worship that we offer the true God. For example, when one attributes an importance in some way magical, think about how many people go through confirmation as sort of a magical rite of passage. Yep. Did that. God's pleased with me. I did step one baptism. I did step two. I did confirmation. I did my Holy communion, you know, check, check, check. Yep. God's pleased with me. When one attributes an importance in some way, magical to certain practices, otherwise lawful or necessary. And this is the kicker here that I love. It says to attribute the efficacy, the effectiveness of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance, mm. apart from the interior disposition. The catechism talks about the heart. Yep. The heart is the interior disposition. The heart is the place of encounter. Apart from the interior disposition that they may, that they demand is the fall into superstition. Let me read that one more time. To attribute the effectiveness of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance, apart from the interior dispositions that they demand is the fall into superstition. Yep. I think that's yeah. what we've fallen into, quite frankly. Yeah, and the way where I see this the most, and, and I've had to, even the idea, let's go like a completely 180 almost, um, the idea of an indulgence, right? Yeah. My, my dad, you know, is kind of old school Catholic, was raised in the yeah. 
in the time where there was really no catechesis, you know, real, yeah. no real goods, you know, catechesis for, yeah. for that generation. Um, he has a real problem with indulgences, but yeah. it's like, it's dead. Like it's not magic. Yeah. And that's, it's not, it's not superstition. It's an external of an interior change. Right. Like the, it, that's what it's supposed to be. The indulgence is supposed to be something external that actually reflects something internal that has that's changed. Right. That's right. You know, and so if that interior hasn't changed, the superstition is there. That's right. You know, that's, that's, that's superstition. Works. You that's know, right. yeah, absolutely. Dead works. That's right. Um, and so I, I think you're right. I think we see that in confirmation yeah. because yeah. a lot of the interior isn't there. It's not there. And I, and I think the Holy Spirit's grieved. I think yeah. what, you, what you're describing is that grief of the Holy Spirit Amen. where he's quenched, where he's not yep. allowed to just have his way. He's grieved. He's yeah. sad. He yeah. has feelings. God has feelings. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because feelings are good. Feelings like you are said good. earlier. You, you kind of started alluding to this. What can we do about it? You know, and I think as leaders, we need to look at ourselves first. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously that's kind of, hopefully that's a no brainer. You know, yeah. you look at yourself first. Yeah. What can I do about me first? Yes. And then what, what can I do to help this with the people that I serve? So let's do that yes. first. Like, you know, what can I do yeah. as a ministry leader? What, what can I do to make sure that I have this relationship? That's right. That's right. I mean, the scripture says, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. If we have to examine ourselves, constant evaluation of ourselves. I need to do that as a father at home to my four kids. As a husband, I need to do that as a minister. I need yep. to do that in my everyday life. I'm constantly examining myself. I'll even go to my kids and say, please forgive me for not properly representing the father. Yeah. You know, and as leaders, please forgive us for not properly representing your church, for not properly yeah. representing Christ, for not properly representing the father, the Holy spirit. You know, we make this about us. Yep. And it's not about us. Nope. This is about what Jesus paid for. Yep. And as we line up with that truth, we'll see major changes. But you know, like I said before, we can't give what we don't have. Yeah. So if we don't have it, what are we giving? So I don't know. I, I told you a little bit before the show about kind of my journey. So I was that confirmation kid who went through the motions because I felt like I was supposed to, made grandma happy, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, really didn't, you know, start to follow Christ until after I graduated college. God called me to youth ministry. And it's just yeah. stupid. Like, like I, I, I don't want to say God's stupid. <laughs> But it was one of those calling people. I was like, you're calling that guy, you know, and everybody in college, everybody in high school, are like you're calling yeah. that guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I had an eighth grade education in the faith, no, no formation at all. And I was a youth minister yeah. and it was like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. And then, you know, two years in youth ministry, I then go get a graduate degree, come back to Texas a year later, I start ablaze ministries and then a year after that, I go up to Franciscan University. I go to the John Bosco Conference. Andre Renier is on the stage and leads us through a prayer for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that night, I'm praying with uh, Andrew Lavacher and Jim Beckman. Um, and, and that's when my relationship with Christ, my personal relationship with Christ yeah. started. Yeah. You know, and I know that that's where everything about my yeah. ministry changed. Yeah. And you had said it earlier. You know, at the beginning, I was following Christ. And I knew him as, say, say it again, you said so well. Well, I knew him as a servant, right? Yeah. I knew him as servant. I was a faithful servant. I obeyed him. I followed him. But did I know him as friend? You know, yeah. John 15, John yeah. 15, 15. I no longer call you servants, Jesus said, but I call you friends. Yeah. And I was a servant, you know, and I was following him. There's no doubt that I was following yeah. him. 
Yeah. Um, probably as best I knew how to. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, God broke in and changed that. So yeah. we, we probably have ministry leaders right now listening yeah. who are in the same boat. They yeah. are faithful followers and servants, yeah. Yeah. but they may not know him as friend. Yeah. Um, so what do they do to, to develop that and dive into that? And, if, yes. and, and they know other ministry leaders who are in the same boat. Yeah. How do they help those other ministry leaders do that? Because there's a lot of weird pride wrapped up in, no, I know what I'm doing. You know, oh, yeah. I don't need you. you know, so how do we respond to that? Yeah, sure. Well, the first thing I would say if they were sitting in front of me is I'd say, thanks for your faithfulness. You know, Amen. I mean, to be faithful and to give of yourself like that, you know, is fantastic. And obedience to something you felt God called you to do. And that's fantastic. That faithfulness. That's the first thing I would say. Then the next thing I would just share kind of my own story, my own situation. You know, I mean, it, I, I think I was, sharing, I was sharing this with you before. I think you heard me say this at the day of equipping, but I've had priests and bishops say to me, I mean, I felt this myself, kind of like what you're saying. And then yeah. I have to have priests and bishops say this to me, very confirming, but that they said what we need more than anything else as Catholics is an encounter with God the Father. Amen. And then as I was sharing with you earlier that, you know, sitting with a group of 24 priests, and I shared that with them. This after a week, we become very intimate. They share their, their stuff and their lives and they get healing and minister to, and there's a great trust and security there. And, you know, midway through the week, there was one priest. He's the vicar to priests. And I shared that with him. And he said, heck, we priests, we need to know Jesus, yep. you know. And it's like, wow, that's sobering. You know, so one, don't feel bad if you're in that situation. <laughs> it's, yeah. Unfortunately, that's been part of the formation fault. But we're living in a day of, one, I believe, the greatest move of God. Where he's Amen. exposing evil and preparing us for something fantastic. And first and foremost is each one of us to have that relationship with Christ, to be fully surrendered to him and to be full of the spirit, to be fully Catholic, to be fully yeah. equipped. So I just, I just believe it's what's happening. I mean, it's what, it's what I'm seeing happen as I travel. I'm seeing Catholics by the hundreds encountering the father yep. and just fully surrendering their lives to Christ and then coming into the fullness of confirmation. Um, so I would just say, jump in, man. It's, yep. it's, there's no life like it. I tried to do it before that. And you tried to do it before that. It's just a lot of work. It's a heavy yeah. yoke. Yeah. And then Absolutely. all of a sudden you come into that grace and it's like, this is actually enjoyable. <laughs> I, love I like this. what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's still hard, you know, but it's, yeah. it's different. It's different. Um, I know that when I first started my relationship with Jesus, my personal relationship is I wrestled with doubts, you know? Yeah have I really committed my life to him? Do I really know the Holy Spirit? I need yeah. to go to this conference and then that will, yeah. that will be it. You know, if I go yeah. there, then I'll know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or if I go do this, then I'll know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that's a lie. I think there's yeah. something in that that's not true, even though it, it can help and, and catapult us, you know, and be yeah. helpful. It's not necessary. Yeah. Right. So what yeah. is necessary? Yeah. Yeah. It's that daily cultivating the relationship. Right. Yeah. If you're married, if you neglect that relationship, well, you know, you have to cultivate it. You have to cultivate yeah. every relationship as a, as a father. You got to cultivate it with your friends. You got to cultivate it. I mean, I think it's that daily cultivating. It's that it's that spending the time with him. Our church has offered us great tools. I love meditation and contemplative prayer just yep. to get quiet and be still just to establish that relationship. But if there's not much there to begin with, it's hard to cultivate. Yeah. So first, before cultivating, you got to plant seed, right? Yep. 
you've got to have that relationship and really just surrender, just surrendering your life and just going, Lord, I belong to you. And just, I want everything that's of you. And that's yeah. what I did. I was like, Lord, protect me from things that are weird. <laughs> I just want everything that's you. <laughs> Give me everything that's you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You know, in that time of prayer, you know, just being honest and saying, hey, Jesus, I may not know what a personal relationship with you is like. Right. I want you to show me. Because right. the, the truth of it is, as much as we desire it, he desires it so much more. Exactly. You know, yes. and it's his work that's going to make it happen. So ask him, you know, just uh, the next absolutely. time, you, you know, the absolutely. next time you go sit in time in prayer and just just say, Jesus, show me what a personal relationship with a real relationship with you is like. That's it. Because you know? it's going to be unique to you. You know, everyone's yes. going to have a different. Yes. It's not going to look like mine. Yes. All right. So we've. <laughs> I'm making this real short and silly. So we've transformed ourselves. We have a perfect <laughs> personal relationship with Jesus. All right. Now, what do we do? What do we do, you know, in our programs? And I, I'm using the word program for confirmation yep. program. Mm -hmm. What do we do to, to inspire and prepare those who are going to receive the sacrament to be expectant and to be as, you know, ready as they are? Yeah, I would love to see everybody in the church line the curriculum for confirmation up with what the catechism says. Mm. If we just base it on 1286, 1287, 1288, and 1302 of the catechism, I think we'd see a major move of God in that alone. Mm. And the kids would be excited yep. by it. They're going to hear like, oh my goodness, this connects to what the early church did. Whoa, I'm living that kind of history of 2000 yep. years back as if I'm walking with the times of, in the times of Jesus with the apostles. You know, and this is the life. Um, I just think, <laughs> I just think it'd be so exciting to see that happen. And so, I mean, I would just love to see us just bring that into it. Even if we don't change the whole curriculum, just bring 1286, 1287, 1288, and 1302 to the table and yeah. just, and visit that ourselves. Yes. And to go, where am I with this? Examine myself in this. Yeah. And go, okay, I need to line up with what the church teaches, yep. you know, and if we can just align everything with what the church teaches. That alone will be a major difference. And the kids will get excited. You know, there's a story, I think I told you this at the day of equipping of uh, one of the priests at the priest event when I asked them, you know, I, I teach this to them. <laughs> and and they jump in and they pray yeah. for one another for the fullness of confirmation. And it's awesome. I asked them, I said, so how many of you, was this your experience at confirmation? Was it like Pentecost? The yeah. outpouring of the spirit that happened in Pentecost. And of course, like everywhere, only a couple of them raised their hand. Yep. One of them, one priest raised his hand and said, man, he said, this radically changed my life. My confirmation radically changed my life. Me and my buddy, middle school, went through confirmation and we received what the catechism says. Yep. It was like Pentecost. It was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We went back to our school, to our middle school, and a revival broke out. Wow. And kids were wanting to come to the church. Yep. You know, I just think if we start doing what the church says... And living what the church says, not in superstition, but in reality, yep, it'll transform the church. Yeah. But our lives have to have to look different. It has to happen in us first. Yes. Has yeah. to. We can't give what we don't have. Yeah. I think, you know, Bob said that he runs a confirmation program, right? For homeschool kiddos. Yeah. He participates in it. Yeah. 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 Um, that I, I'm real interested to learn more about that. Yeah. You know, what is it that you guys do for that program? Obviously, every ministry leader, not every ministry leader, whether it's, I mean, RCIA, youth ministry, DRE, they are, you know, running confirmation programs and priests, yeah. you know, are over there. And we have all of those that are listening here. What's the, what's the first practical step 
that we can do other than looking at ourselves and making sure that we are living in the fullness of confirmation? Yeah. What are the practical steps? Because I, like, I wrestle with, well, maybe we should have a, a separate confirmation class for those kids who are taking it seriously, you know, who actually want that and want more than just to check a box. Yeah. But then I wrestle. I don't want to, I don't really want to separate them from everyone else. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. Like, like, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I'll just tell you what comes to my mind. It may sound self-promoting, but I don't mean it to be self-promoting, but let's have a big event and do a day of equipping. <laughs> <laughs> so prepare with, with everybody together. that's, yeah. Everybody that's before confirmation or after confirmation? Yeah, so go through the confirmation process. Yep. And then let's do a weekend. Really equip them and prepare them. And then go through their actual confirmation as a final preparation. You know, mm -hmm. do, do a weekend. Because, I mean, you, you've you gone through it a couple of times. Yep. I, I'm amazed when I look. I look at what we have, like 120 this, this past weekend. Yep. I look at all the people in the room. And you've got people from... Cradle Catholic never heard anything like this to someone that's been maybe doing this for 20 years. Yeah. And in every one of them, what I'm amazed by, I'm amazed every single time I walk away, I come home and I tell my wife and kids this, I can't believe this happening in the Catholic church. That's constantly what yeah. I walk away with <laughs> when I'm watching them pray over one another Yeah. for the fullness of confirmation. I'm watching them hear God speak. I'm watching them pray over one another in other ways. It's just profound and watching God move. Amen. I'm amazed that this is happening, yes. that the Catholic church is this right and hungry. Yeah. yeah. The hunger is blowing me away. That's why I know the people listening right now, I know they're hungry. Whether yeah. the pride gets in the way of that or not, that's another issue. I get it. I was in ministry myself, but the hunger's there because yeah. God's stirring it. Amen. It's how do we satisfy that hunger? Well, and the research proves that. I mean, the people that leave the church, the, the primary reason that they leave the church isn't because they're going to be entertained. Mm -hmm. It's because their spiritual needs are not being met. They're hungry. This, yeah, this is a spiritual need. Like you said, they're hungry. And now we start God's feeding them. We start feeding them. They stay. They stay. And now yeah. God's doing it in the church. Amen. Now it's happening in the church. We don't have to go. Yep. He's coming to us. That's right. <laughs> yep. Amen. Yeah. All right. So we're coming towards the end, you know, go to the day yeah. of equipping. That's a really yeah. good start. Um, what, what would be next steps for people? Yeah. When I think you mentioned already, just a, a, a personal self-examination. Where am I? Yeah. You know, where am I? Where, where am I? I'm, I'm always doing that. Where am I? Examine yourselves to see if you're in the Lord. Where am I? And some honest evaluation. Like, you know what? I don't know that I've really given my life fully to Christ. Yep. I don't know that I have. Yeah. Well, so just like you said, just right there, just say it to him. Just come to him. Say, Lord, I want that personal relationship. Why don't you go ahead and like repeat after me? Do it right now. Yeah. So if that's if that's your desire and you're stirred with that and you're listening right now and that's your desire, I'll lead you in a prayer. In fact, you could just say this right where you are. You can say it under your breath, however you want to do it. Just say with me, say, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for your love and your goodness. And I thank you for making a way for me to have relationship with you. That you've never stopped pursuing me. Thank you for calling me. 
And I thank you for your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who's fully God, fully man, dwelling among us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving your life, paying the price for my sin, conquering sin, evil, and death, raising from the grave. I ask you now, Jesus, to bring me into that life, into all that you purchased. And I choose with my will to surrender my life to you. That as I lose my life for your sake, I will gain your life. Forgive me for my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Bring me into the fullness of all you have for me, including the fullness of what you intended confirmation to be. In Jesus' name, bless us all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And with Amen. that, I would encourage going to confession. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Come Holy yes, Spirit. All right. So real simple, where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, jp2ii, small i, jp2healingcenter.org. You can write into info at jp2healingcenter.org and just say, please forward this to Bart, and it'll get to me. Perfect. All right, guys, okay. you can find us on Facebook, MLA Podcast. I actually want to have a discussion about confirmation. How many of you have actually seen this like where it's evident that the that confirmation is happening i want to i want to have a conversation about this on facebook you guys can find us at mlapodcast.com and mla at ablazeyouth.org you can email us please write us a re review in itunes here at ministry leaders anonymous we believe that if you want to go quickly you go alone and if you want to go far we go together take some time this week and pray for ministry leaders pray for an outpouring of the holy spirit on every single confirmandi we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.